Yep. All right, podcast starting in three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Miles. I got Hamill with me. And What's this, up, guys? This is uh, socially. This is going to happen. We've been on a little bit of a break. Um, Miles is uh, living in Florida now, enjoying uh, some Corona refrescas because you know that's what the weather <laughs> permits. No big deal. Because Pacificos, man, way better than Coronas. Pacificos. <laughs> I haven't listen. One, I don't have money for that, and then two, you know, <laughs> got to enjoy the good stuff while I at least have the money for the good stuff. But this week, uh, we're gonna get into one. I think a thing we're gonna agree on, which we don't normally agree on things, which is baseball. So we're we're getting into the Astros and Red Sox. I'm assuming. <laughs> Correct. And then we're going to talk a little Antonio Brown you want to talk. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into it, I mean, I know it's a little late. He's not much in news right now, but we should get into it. All right. Well, let's start with baseball. So um, there's a few key things that everybody needs to know if you don't, if you aren't 100% familiar with the situation. Uh, Well, Mike Fires and a few other pitchers broke news to um, the MLB that the Astros were stealing signs. That was through communication, um, whether it was cameras, garbage cans, um, TVs in the back. And it originally, what at least the first game everybody spotted it, was Danny Fuquar for the White Sox was pitching and noticed something was different um, sometime the summer of 2017. And from there, all hell broke loose on people pointing fingers. And here we are. Shout out to the White Sox. Yeah, shout out to the White Sox for figuring it out, calling people on their bullshit, although we were still going to let one lose. It still sucks. They had uh, the brain aneurysm too, right? Mm, yeah, actually, he did. And now yeah. he's pitched, He's a Plus. pitching coach in the White Sox system. Right. So good for him. Um, you also had Trevor Bauer calling things out. Um, there was a whole thing with Altuve possibly wearing a buzzer under his jersey and didn't want to get ripped off during uh, walk-offs. Um, we had the uh, manager, A.J. Hench, and uh, GM for the Astros not only first suspended, but then also fired. And then nothing has been passed down to the Red Sox just yet when it comes to what they were doing, but they were pretty much doing something similar. We, but uh, Alex Cora at least stepped down. So that's at least what we know from right. what's happening with the Red Sox now, besides them just trading away a whole boatload for Mookie Betts. So lots happened. Let's get your take on it. Do you feel so, my take so far is, the punishment is right? Well, the punishment, well, let's get into what AJ Hinch. Okay. So from the stories I've read, is that he he knew about it, right? And he disapproved, which the stories come out that he's he destroyed what two or three cameras when it was he knew it was inside the dugout or just outside the dugout. Yeah. And at first, I was just like, "Hell yeah, man!" Like AJ Hinch, yeah, you deserve it. The GM deserves it. Get your fines. Get your when I first saw it, like, wow, these fines are intense. But Where's the more the and more, I find out, yeah, oh, for sure, man. But the more I find out, 
this guy was at least aware and he wasn't cool with it. So what makes me believe is, is that all those players are cool with it. Um, it makes me believe that they weren't um, confident enough in their skills to be without it. And I truly believe that if they were confident in their skills, they would have let the camera be smashed and they wouldn't have found other cameras or other ways to tip pitches or to find out what pitches were coming to them. I also don't like how – I also don't like how this is getting blown under as far as the players go because – I think baseball is the most purest sport as far as numbers go and argumentative and just talking with your buddies at the bar. Like, you can't argue. You can always argue who's better or who had more talent, but you can never argue numbers. And now you can argue numbers because if someone's going to come up to me and talk to me about, talk to me about Alex Bregman or Altuve's numbers, uh, I'm going to call him – I'm going to call them out on it because they're cheaters, man. And I get why Pete Rose is trying to get back in because I do want to get to that. I do want to get to the Pete Rose yeah. thing. We will get For to sure. that. And and, and I, I just do. And I, I, I think because of the, how strong the players union is it's the most powerful union in sports, if not the country. And clearly MLB was scared of it because the players don't have to talk. They can just, you know, like the Astros um, players there, whatever they had, all Bregman came and saying, well, look at the MLB report, which is, you know, kind of like a Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich thing where they have a comment on everything. But when they're asked about themselves, what do they say? Oh, look at the MLB report because they got the union backed up. And I just think it's insincere. I think it hurts baseball, and I just think those two days were some of the worst for baseball in general, and I think they're going to lose a lot of fans over it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Right now, I love it. And I'll tell you why I love it. Not, I don't love what it because it's love? cheating. What do you love? Huh? What do you love? I love that they got fucking busted for it. I love that they got busted for it. Not only do I love they got busted for it, I love that there was some at least handling because Manfred's normally a pussy about this. There's some handling of it and there may be more handling later. So it shows he's at least trying to have a backbone. So I love it from that standpoint. I also love it because you think we're going to lose fans, but I think more fans are going to rally around their teams more solely because so Yankees fans, they're like, oh, yeah, we lost to them in the um, ALCS. We could have been in a World Series if it wasn't for them cheating. Oh, you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, teams Well, are gonna- I'm going to see you right there. Like, did you see the smile that Aralis Chapman gave when he threw that slider or, cur- or breaking ball and Altuve crushed it out? Do you not think he knew? Ooh, it's possible. I think he knew. But but at the same time, like yeah. I, I think he, I throw your breaking ball and you just unload on it. That doesn't it doesn't happen. 
It, it normally doesn't unless you're sitting that. But again, knowing to sit on that when a guy only wants to throw 102. No, no hitter, no hitter is sitting on anything but a hundred mile an hour fastball. Oh, I agree. No, yeah, no way, dude. I agree. You're not sitting on a breaking ball. But again, from my perspective, I'm happy about this. I love that they got busted, and I love going more. You know what also makes me love this? It's because I love when you are wrong. Uh. Because you were telling me for a long time who was your top five shortstop. Come on, you know it. His name in the flesh. Game today. Alex Correa, you told me top five shortstop. I did. And what I did. I I I actually and I'll be on record, I thought he was gonna be the best player in baseball. I thought he was gonna overtake Trout. No doubt. And and if you look at those splits from home and away. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it I'm makes, with you. It makes me want to eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, no, you should. I mean, I literally thought he was going to take over Trout as the best player in baseball. I mean, was the guy 6-2? I mean, he he raked during the World Series year. He was like 20 years old. Miri's like, what, Miss America? I mean, the guy had it all going for him. And just needed a little garbage can banging. Yeah, but I will say this, man, like – Maybe he fell into the trap as a young guy, like older guys telling him what to do. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I, I just don't see I, – I, well, I do see that he goes in some major slumps, and I would love to know when he went into those major slumps. I don't have it in front of me, but was it away or was it during home? He goes in some serious, serious slumps. Yeah. And I, I'm very curious if they're at home or away either. Don't get me wrong. I won't knock him on his talent. He has all the talent. He definitely plays a great defensive well, he looks. Stop. He looks the part. Exactly. He, he looks the part. But that hitting is now very suspect. And For sure. I'm okay with that. Because you can be a great defensive shortstop and hit 220 and still won't be a damn thing. Right. So I, I am, I'm all for this right now. It gives me a little everything. It gets me proving cheaters are cheaters, and they have a little bit of consequence, even though Manfred should really step on their necks, and it proves you a little wrong. I like it all. But I will say I'm uh, disappointed, especially from when it comes to Bregman, who I think before even needing to cheat could have had the chance to be the best hitter in the game ever. The guy just hits with such a great approach going forward. All these guys are great defensively. So, like, play defense and you're fine. And, like, you, they have the talent. What's the point of cheating if you have the talent? And, it, and it's not like a 19 – like, it's not like the, the, the Black Sox. It's not that, you know, where they weren't getting paid. These guys are getting paid. Right. So, like, you have the talent to win. Just go out and win. And the teams you cheated against is wild to me too. The white. Do, do they have the talent? Uh, that, that's my point, though. Do they ha- do they know they have the talent? Do they? It's like a a skinny girl knowing that she's beautiful, but she continually works out four times a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does she know she's beautiful? Like, no, probably not, because she's not eating and she's uh, disregarding everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I don't that. think that they know that they're talented. 
which is wild to me. You should know that you have all, and like pitching wise, they have all the talent in the world. They continuously have all the talent in the world when it comes to pitching. So how don't you see this? Especially when you have that pitching staff, all you got to do is get two runs a game. Okay. Well, no. Okay. Well, well, let's go into the pitching. Okay. Spin rate. Remember when Trevor Brower brought up the spin rate and he got killed for it? Yeah. Got killed. Garrett Cole comes from Pittsburgh. Obviously not. The NL Central is not the hitting you know, phenomenon that the AL is. No, and not any, at all. AL hits better. AL throws harder, period. Yeah, it's always been that. But he comes over there, and all of a sudden, he's getting a $300 million contract or what, whatnot. Charlie Morton, mid-30s, seemed to be done in Tampa. All of a sudden, he's 13-4 and four with a sub-3 ARA. Justin Verlander. But also uh, – Justin Verlander say, was getting old, man. Morton. I wouldn't say Charlie Morton because Charlie Morton okay, went well, back to Tampa – and it's pitched like a Cy Young this past year. Okay. Justin Verlander. How good how, how good was Justin Verlander? Coming from Detroit. Extremely good. He was father time was catching up with him. Oh yeah. Well, coming from Detroit, yes. So the spin rate thing. All of a sudden, you know, he's Justin Verlander's very outspoken about everything. What have you heard from him? Telling a joke? That pissed off CC Sabathia and good for CC Sabathia for being pissed off about it. At this point, like, yeah, yeah, we for sure, man. Like Sabathia, Sabathia was Sabathia was a warrior, man. Remember him in, with the Brewers? Oh, yeah, dude, taking the ball like every third day, every every second day. Hell, even I when mean, he Yankees was Pedro sucked. Martinez, like even when the Yankees sucked, he was still doing that to try to help uh, Mariano and fucking Jeter win another World Series, right? Uh, so he he's been that dude. So like, I, and again, people thought Sebastian was bitching about what he was doing, but it turned out he was right. Okay. So but I personally love this. All my point is, my point is, Sebastian had Father Time catch up to him. You never heard a word about steroids. He tried losing weight when he got older. He got fatter. Guy tried natural stuff. The spin rate thing. When these guys come to Houston, all of a sudden they just revive their careers. I'm telling you, if guys are cheating, they'll find new ways to cheat. Always. And I think they're already ahead of the game finding a new way to cheat. Well, you got to remember, a right now cheating was legal technically through the the, right. bi- the biotechnology place. So, like, they'll find ways if there's a way to cheat. And the people will just do it. Hey, A-Rod a- 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 has – Redeemed his image, but either way, I bet he'd rather be a, a, a bet he'd rather be known for hitting six hundred home runs, being clean. in the Baseball Hall of Fame, being a clean player. I bet he bet he'd rather be known for that. Oh, 100 percent, because everything still would have came afterwards. And he's a smart baseball dude. Yeah, so everything would have definitely came afterwards. But like, I bet he wishes he had an easy path into the Hall of Fame than the difficult one he created for himself now. Right. That that's the hundred percent the difference there. And and so like let's jump into the Pete Rose thing because that really is like the highlight of my day seeing this morning that Pete Rose is fighting back again off of the the asteroids scandal. Cause it means a lot. Because now he 
he gets more leverage in a sense, you know? He gets the, right. uh, oh, you had steroid users after me that dirtied up the game. And they, like, people are still getting in. Hell, you can use Pudge Rodriguez as a as a good one. First ballot. Very good, very good example. So he, he can use that. Then you have now Astros players who will seemingly still get in. Verlander is going to get in. I, I don't see Verlander not getting in still. Okay. And I'm, so I'm, he, I'm okay with that. And he can use that in saying like, hey, if he gets in and you know that he's a well-known cheater or these players didn't get docked for cheating, why aren't I getting in for betting on myself? Right. Because that's the difference. Like the MLB does know what he was betting on. They did all but the research he didn't, and found he didn't, out what he was betting right. on. And he didn't cheat during his playing days. Like he's all time hit leader because he was Charlie Hustle. Exactly. And so that's the difference. And I I really like his case now. I like his case. So I oh, like for this sure, case man. before. I like this case before. I don't, and I oh no, I didn't like his case before because he literally ran a commission on Instagram. The guy died from it. I mean, everybody was all over that commissioner because they're all about P. Rose. P. Rose is telling the truth. I mean, he's a narcissistic liar. He is, man. He lied for years, dude. Lied for years about what he was doing. So, I'm not, I'm with you on him being in the Hall of Fame. But I don't necessarily think that. I guess, I mean, I'm kind of contradicting myself here. I don't necessarily think that you can go telling a lie for that long and not admitting to it like Barry Bonds is doing right now and being to the Hall of Fame because I think just being there myself, it's just a sacred place. Well, Bonds is also different for me too, though. (laughs) And I'll tell you why Bonds is different, because there was no real proven evidence that Bonds was caught doing anything. So Bonds is only speculation, and it's always ever been speculation. For Rose, they they eventually found what he was doing, you know? Sure. There's still no, like, there's still only speculation and no factual things for Bonds. Bonds, we just see the body difference, and we just assume so, like, Bonds is so much different, and Bonds is, is a whole different episode in my own on himself. It's a whole different episode because he's just different because that's speculation, and that's what the sport is assuming compared to Rose. We know what he did besides him lying about what he did. We eventually found out what he did. We eventually found out what he right. did, what he was betting on. We eventually found out how he was betting and how he was doing the betting, you know? So Bonds is a different one when it comes to that for me because I think Bonds is all speculation. Although I I think, in my own opinion, something PED-wise was done with him, but nothing has never been caught, brought up, you know? So Bonds to me is just always going to be different because there's no trail compared to everybody else. Right. But Pete Rose, on the other hand... I do agree with, I think what you were trying to get at is that you agree he should be in the hall, but how he went about lying before this old Astros thing didn't help him have a good case. And now he has a great case, in my opinion. 
Because Correct. there's guys from the Astros that could still get in the Hall of Fame. If Altuve keeps playing how he's playing, he will end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so now. Well, buzzers. well, yeah, with the whole buzzer thing, we don't. But again, that's that's still speculation. So maybe he ends up in the bond thing. But like, if, if he was playing like he was going to keep playing for four or five more years, Altuve would have been a Hall of Famer. You know, the thing with Altuve is is that he was the little mini me. You know what I mean? Like the little mighty mouse, five foot seven, hits bombs. You know, kind of built, but I think what happened to him takes away that aura. You know what I mean? Like, well, this guy knows what pitches are coming. I'm sorry, but if you know what pitches are coming, it is way worse than taking steroids. Oh my God! The hardest thing to do in sports, and I know we both agree on this. Hardest thing to do is sports to sit around ball with a round bat. That's why 300. That's why batting three three out of ten is celebrated, man. hundred uh, percent. And you yeah. know, I as as a player, I I hundred percent got it because that's was my hardest thing. That's why I became a pitcher because I couldn't hit very well. Hit, oh no, it's hard. Hit a lot better now. It's that hard. I learned the game more, but like even then, I became a pitcher and I pitched in college solely because I was not a great hitter. Right. So you can't play the field if you can't hit. That that's always coming first. Is we don't let you on the field, no matter how good you are defensively, unless you can hit. We need you to hit. You do have to contribute on the hitting side before we let you in defensively. Anybody can play defense for the most part. Hitting is the is the real key. And if you are cheating to hit and you know what's coming, it's an easier hit. It's like going to the batting cages. Like when you go to the batting cages, everybody knows a fastball's coming. So what do you prepare for? You time yourself for a fastball. And we all rake at the batting cage. A guy pitching you is 100% different. And it always will be. I agree. So and it's... That's tough. It's Yeah, well, it's tough, but... Let's let's get into it. Why 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 aren't these players being punished? Ooh. All right. So I got two different reasons. Um, we know my first reason is because I think Manfred's soft. And I'm not the one that normally rags on commissioners. Right. It's normally you. You you rag on commissioners like it's your daytime job from time to time. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> but it's true. So wow. like I'm normally the one like I love talking, David Stern. True, but normally when we're talking, when we're going back and forth, you are badging the commissioner. Oh, and, for and, sure. And I'm usually the one trying to give a, a reasonable thought and just trying to tell you, like, oh. And well, I'm, let I'm let me in on that real quick. Let me in on that real quick. Like, and whether, whether you agree with this or not, politically or whatever, I will say this. If you give in to the outside – socialists or social bullies or whatever, it doesn't work. I I think that Roger Goodell gave into, you know, the Me Too movement. I think he gave into uh, the the PETA movement. I I think he gave into everything just for money-wise. If you look at, like, Donald Trump – and the presidency, like he does not give in to any. 
I'm not saying everything he does is right or everything he says is right, but it seems to work out for him. It seems to work out for the country. I would say that the NFL, most people would say that it is not as exciting to watch as it was 10 years ago. Most people would say that. I would say baseball-wise, it's not as exciting to watch knowing this stuff as it was 10 years ago. I think most people would say that. I really do. Okay. I don't think I'm in the minority there. Okay, well, I think we're, we're also trying to we're, – we're confusing safety with – with what commission? Okay, sure, safety, right? Because like, right? Okay, we, we both hate the Nets, right? For baseball, we hate them. The, 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 who? the safety Nets for baseball, we both right, hate yeah, them. Hate so it, it. it makes yeah, sense. I, th- I think that's giving. I think that's giving. Yeah. It. So if you want, if you want to go the Nets route, and I tweeted this, it is literally point zero zero two three percent that gets hit. So there in two thousand fifteen there was. Almost 74 million people that went to games. You know how many people got hit? Probably five. 1,750. 1,750 oh, people. That's, that's, that's how that, – not a good percentage to change the game and stop kids. True. And, 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 I, and I think it really only reflects kids. That's why they're doing it. I don't think they're doing it to help out anybody else besides kids. Kids are the main factor, you know? I, and I think that's sure, what they're okay. caring about, and I don't blame them. But who do kids go? Who do kids go? With? Parents. Okay, so I mean, what do parents do? They protect their kids, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they do. So protect them from the baseball. Get off your phone. Pay attention. Tell them about the game. Well, I 100 agree with that. Show them a scorebook. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, show them a scorebook. Sure. Te- teach them. Teach them about the game. Like. This is what happened. This is why we bring our gloves so we can protect ourselves. Like, I, I bet more kids choke on hot dogs than they get hit by balls. I really, I, I guarantee it. It's definitely true. If there was ever a study true. on it. But like, even then, I, I still wanted to get into also, even for the NFL, like, we hate safety rule. Like, we hate essentially the, what they're trying to do for safety. Like the the helmet to helmet crowning in college football, where they kick the guy out. We hate that. The right. We hate the the tar- We hate the targeting rule. We hate the the penalties that come with a guy who looked like he hit a, a what they would call a defensive receiver with his shoulder just to jar the ball loose, and then they say it's helmet to helmet. And we get a 15-yard penalty, possible ejection if it's the second time, you know. We hate that thing. So I, I don't want to confuse what they're trying to do for safety to what, they, what they're lacking at. Because, like, I, I do think, like, when you sure. think about Goodell giving into, like, social aspects about, say, for instance, um, domestic violence or, like, the, and he's trying to change culture there – then you can kind of complain about it. But Manfred, on the other hand, he's just been a softie the whole time. And he's been terrible about being making the game better. So, like, I, I want us to get on them for that and not the social – Not, I mean, not the safety aspect because we normally get on them about the safety aspect and how it hurts the game. But I want, I want, to get, I want us to get on them about what they've done, not involved in safety, but what they've done for the game outside of that. Okay, well, I, I think Manfred's a pro- progressive. 
in a way like a lot of politicians, progressives, like it's fine to be progressive, advance the game, see what's what's new, get new new fans involved, but you can't just totally disbar the you know the core values of what made the game. Which and, for me, I hate um, electronic strike zones. There you go, and they're putting more cameras in, yo, man. Yeah, like yo, a umpire makes a game human because umpires, every umpire has a different strike zone. Is it is it not fun for you to see Ozzy Gann go out and argue with an umpire? Well, is it one, not fun for you to see Lou Pinella go out and argue with an umpire? One, it's fun. Is it not fun for you to see? Yeah, of course it is, it's man. Fun. I will. Go Joe Girardi. I mean, it, it is fun, man. It's part but of the even game. Even then. It makes the game special when you know you have a top 10 pitcher, right? And he goes in the first inning. He gets knocked up a little bit, right? Knocked up a little bit, and we all feel it, and we're like, damn, what's happening? And you only find out, oh, he's just trying to adjust to the strike zone. So after that first inning, he just gets rolling. And you're like, oh, what happened? He adjusts. It's a part of the game. And so I do hate electronic strike zones when it comes to that because part of the game is figuring out, hey, what's this guy's strike zone? Let me talk to my catcher back and forth. Let's figure it out and let's right. become exactly. more dominant. And that's taking it away when you come to electronic strike zones where they go, oh, it passed through this series of things. It's a strike. No, it's not a strike. This umpire likes to sit towards the left of the, the catcher. So he sees a lot of inside strikes. He doesn't see a lot of outside strikes. That's how you need to adjust. Right. And and I think that's a human part of the game, and that's why I don't like Manfred. But, like, I want to get back to the point of Manfred's been a little soft on these punishments towards the Astros besides the fines and the suspension of A.J. Hinch and the GM, uh, Jeff Lunau. I think he needs to do more. I want him to go after players. Once they figure it out, because certain players deserve to be suspended for it. I, I think I think right. it's the same suspension. You should have the same suspension as a guy who gets caught doing steroids. At this point, it's the same thing. I I, I want to see the same type of suspension. You know, like well, I agree. Like if. Give them 60 games. Give well, them, a, give them the, a, a year the, ban. The minimum is – so the first first offense minimum is always 81 games, right? So that's half a season. So if you don't give them half a season and you think it's, it needs to be harsh, then you give them the whole season. So you gave the manager and the GM and assistant GM a full year. If, if you're going to start giving full years, then you need to give it to the players that you find out were heavily involved – and if it's Altuve wearing a buzzer, then Altuve gets suspended a whole year for being that heavily involved. Oh, I mean, I, I think it's a lifetime ban, man. I really do. I, I, I want it to be a lifetime ban, but again, if you let the whole steroid era still play, I don't, I don't see it. You know, that's my problem with that, with the with the lifetime ban part. I'd be okay with the lifetime ban, but as a person who has to see it as a as a more uh, surface level type of suspension, if you don't suspend everybody or lifetime ban everybody in the steroid era, then you have to be like, hey, I got to give these guys similar punishment, you know? 
Right. And so that's why I see it as these guys, if you're going to do year minimums, which you did for AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau, then everybody involved needs year minimums. Now, if you want to go past that year, hey, go a year and a half, so a year and 81 games, do it. I don't care. But if you're going to do year minimum for manager and GM and assistant GM, then you need to do year minimum for players, and you need to figure out what the players had their hands in and do it from there too. Because I also don't want to be the person that lets A.J. Hinch off the leash for only, for only him getting a year suspension, getting fired, but then we hear stories of him being the shoeless Joe Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I don't want right. to let him off the hook like that. That's not Because it's not that type of situation as much as we want to think it is. He still knew what was going on. He definitely heard the fucking garbage cans behind him in the dugout, and he still let it happen. Sure. So, so yeah, yeah, Alex Cora. So, did. so Alex Cora will never get a job. No, again. definitely. And he should. He, he should. He should. Carlos Beltran is going to be also a little different for me too. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they already they already let him go. Well, he resigned. <laughs> Well, resign, but you oh, know yeah. what that it, means. It was definitely coming to the to the firing, but right. I let him resign. So I think he'll he'll and eventually what, get a job, but like it's gonna be iffy on him too. He he'll never be a manager again. I don't think he's ever gonna get a job again unless it comes down to him getting a a job in the minors, just because he knows what he's talking about. But like no one will ever look to him as a leader of a team. I I, I at least personally can't see it ever happening. I just don't see him as that guy ever again anymore. No, he'll be he'll be in Japan you somewhere. Think so? Yeah, I do. He'll be in Japan somewhere. Okay. Well, don't get me wrong. I think he deserves it. I think AJ. I think AJ Hinch will be somehow just because he's won. I think somehow in knowing that he's bashed cameras, I think he'll be. Yeah, I think he'll be in the major leagues. That's what I'll say. I'll um, go on I think, and think I think if it comes down to AJ Hinch, in my opinion, he becomes he becomes the uh, the Rob Garden hire. He becomes the uh, Ricky Renteria, if you will. He like, and I know we're using Ricky Renteria well, no, in a different no, way, no. but we had this conversation. The Ricky Renteria. But my thing is, he will be the guy. Like, because he, he, if he stays in the MLB, he will be the guy that everybody gives a team to to build, and then they will kick him to the side once it's time to win. Don't get me wrong. We both know the White Sox didn't do it. They want to try to see if Ricky Renteria can win. We both don't have faith in that. But I'm saying, as an overall preference, I think that's what – if A.J. Hedge stays in the league as a manager – that's what will happen. He will be the guy that's like, oh, yeah, we know he can win. We know he can preach a winning mentality. We know he can inspire guys. And we know he works good with young talent. But then once it's time to win, they'll shoo somebody else in and kick him to the side. Because that's just how baseball is also. Like, they're going to – baseball is essentially will always be, when it comes to stuff like that, a boys club. And they know who not to let in and let be happy. 
And so now that AJ Hinch is on the wrong side of history, I think they will keep him around if he's beneficial and they'll kick him to the side before he can win. That's how I think it's going to consistently happen for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think AJ Hinch is the victim by any means. I don't victim, but like, but you're not a stand. Like, you can't stand by if it's your team, right? That's the difference. Like, they like you. uh, You as the manager, it's your team. You are responsible for everything your team does. So whether you win. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that he he turned a blind eye to many times. Exactly, but my thing is, this, so like, you, you can't get the credit for winning, you can't take the credit for losing, and not take a hundred percent of the credit for your team cheating. That's my right. difference there. So, like, yeah, you can be like, oh yeah, I tried to do all these things, I tried to combat it, but at the end of the day, it was your team under your supervision. In your dugout, where you let garbage cans smash, you let players know where things were coming from. You were in, you were in charge of those players, and you let it still happen. It's under your supervision that it all happened. Right. So I think his punishment is definitely sufficient, but but I think now he doesn't get a chance to win again. I think he gets a chance to build people up because he's he's a damn good manager. So I think. So you think, he gets, you think he gets Ricky Ricky Renneria jobs? Is what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, okay. you can come to this team. You can build up all these guys from the bottom, and then when it's time to win, we'll shoot you out. We'll put somebody else in. Don't get me wrong. The White Sox decide they want to be different and not do that with Ricky Renneria, but here we are, 2020. I'd take I'd take Miles Smith over Ricky Renteria at this point. <laughs> I think we would take anything over Ricky Renteria at this point. But here we are, twenty twenty, and and my thing is, if hopefully we get some balls, if Ricky Renteria can't even do anything good this year, we fire him. But we already had White Sox talk. That's a whole another podcast. I really right. need to edit. And so if we're getting in the White Sox, that means we're clearly off the topic of the Astros. So let's dive in quick with this Antonio Brown stuff. Sure. Let's do it. All right. So, Antonio Brown. I know you're a fan. I'm partially a fan. You got to remember this. So as a Ravens fan, I, I don't like the Steelers. But I don't mind Antonio Brown. Have I minded his antics? Yes. And has it sucked? Yes. But here we are talking about it. My man has had a very eventful year. For sure. From demanding a trade, getting that trade, going to the Raiders, complaining about helmets. Well, his helmet, which I understood the helmet argument, if you want my honest opinion. I get it. It's the same helmet you've had for nine-something years. You think it's going to block your vision with the new helmet and you made a career using that one helmet. I get it. I 100% get that argument. Um, but afterwards, getting cut, um, going to the Patriots, then having the... Let's just not say getting cut. Like, let's... 
talk about calling the GM a cracker. Let's talk about him video or recording John Gruden's um, call for his release and then putting on social media. Like, don't just say he got cut. Like, that's that's not. But my man was also free from a contract. And I, I get it. And like, yeah, he is very social media toxic. You're telling me you want to take that contract? Well, yeah, look at me. Come on. I, I would definitely yeah, take that contract. I would take that contract. I'm, I'm struggling moving to fucking Florida. Yeah, I will take that fucking contract. But sure. I get how once you're settled in a, in a role and in a lifestyle, that like that's like the whole Derrick Rose going, like, I need more money. Like, we don't see, we don't get it, but I get it to an extent, you know? I, I right. get like you, you. It's generational money, and you want to set up your kids to be generational kids. I get that to a certain extent, but I know I would take the money. But like, I get like they live at a different level than us now. Now, call, like again, being on social media, calling Jim a cracker, showing um, his fine on social media, to him recording his call and then celebrating on social media. Those are just social media antics that didn't go his way. He probably thought they were going to go his way. But at the same time, we also saw like evidence of him hiring a social media team to destroy his image. Now, how long did they keep up with this? I don't know. But we at least know they kept up with him until he got cut from the Raiders. So in the timeline, he gets cut from the Raiders. He signs with the Patriots. Clearly, it looks like everything is going to go well with him and the Patriots. And then allegations of him and sexual assault come out. Text messages come out. We all see it. Um, That's under investigation. First, it was a, a federal indictment. And if I know the NFL, which I do, it turned out to no longer be a federal indictment, but a uh, pretty much an NFL court case, which I'm really going to break down one day about the NFL, but we're not going to talk about it now. But now it's an NFL All court right. case, which is still going on. And from updates that I'm seeing, Antonio Brown is clearly winning this court case, but that begs the difference. He gets so, like, that alleg- those allegations come out, Patriots cut him. He files for grievance with the with the Patriots for signing him and then releasing him, knowing something was coming up because he said he stated it um, before the contract was signed. Um, he gets the grievance. He wins the grievance package, and the Patriots are actually paying him. If people don't know, everything else after that is a fucking whirlwind. From the consistently on social media bashing people to saying he's done with the NFL to saying he's going to fight YouTube stars to recently um, getting having a warrant out for his arrest for punching a so-called mover, I guess assaulting a mover and then getting out next day um, on bail. My man has had quite the year to say the least. It's a lot to take in, and I want to okay. know what you think about it. Are you done? 
Yeah, I think I think that's I think I covered okay. everything in the past nine months. Uh, did you did you see the video outside of his house? Um, which one? The one where the one where he's just with the cops and his kids and his I don't know if it's ex girlfriend or is the mother of his kids. Oh, trying to steal the car. Okay. The, I think that's just antics. That's just terrible antics. I, I, I didn't want to count that because not, nothing though. serious came out of it. You know, that's why I didn't want to count it. You don't. You don't think those kids are going to be scarred when well, they when he's yeah. talking to the mother like that? You don't think so? I do. Okay, so he's sitting there. He's berating the cops. He's calling them uh, vile names, racist names, and for those cops to sit there and take it not doing anything put he's so i guess what i found weird about the whole situation was is that he's bashing the cops calling them racist names and then he tells his kids to get in the car with them you you didn't find that weird at all i wouldn't say i didn't find it weird i just that situation i just felt was which was it was oddly too much oddly recorded for me to be like, I want to take it serious. You know what I'm saying? No, that's that's a guy that's looking for attention because he knows the only thing he has is football. And definitely. For sure. It, uh, definitely. And he's 31. I mean, unless you're Jerry Rice or Steve Largent, I don't really – I really – or maybe Randy Moss, maybe Terrell Owens – it, there's a handful. Yeah, you, get in your, 30, yeah. you get in your thirties, you're done as a receiver, man. Especially a guy that gets runs past everybody. And I get it. I mean, Antonio Brown has a dog attitude, man. Like he knows he's better. But I always go back to Ryan Clark, and I enjoy Ryan Clark when he talks about him. He's just a bad human being. He was a bad human being before he did this. He told he told Steeler management, you give that guy money, watch out for him. Watch out for that guy when you give him money. And he ain't nothing but true, man. He's been nothing but problems. I agree. Um, I agree to a certain extent because, like, I won't agree with the whole, like, him being 31 and he might be downhill. This guy is – in my opinion, if he's on the football field, he's he's one of he's a top three football player on the field. He's on the field right now. Can't mess with father time. Yeah, no, you can't. But at the same time, let's let's even look at his last game at thirty one years old. My man went to the Patriots on a week's worth of work and did work. I, I okay. still see him as a threat at thirty one. I don't see him slow. He doesn't look like he aged any bit just yet. No. I think it will happen, I but I don't see him aging for okay. at least another two years if he keeps the same. Do you, do you see a team taking a chance on him next year? I do. I don't. I, I, there's certain teams, though, that, that also matters. There's only certain teams I see taking a chance on him. And they're, those are the teams that are very um, – they're very well-rounded in what they do, and they have a good culture going for them, and they have a, a, a very strong front office that doesn't care to get rid of a player or move a player around. And there's not a lot of organizations that will do it, but there's some that I think can. So 
I will start right away. And we know my preference on this, but I think one, the Ravens is one of them. Ravens, because they have a, a strong front office, they've always had a strong front office. They sure. know their playing style with Lamar Jackson, and they know they need an outside receiver. So that, that's a given right away. And then I, I would go to Tampa Bay. And I say Tampa okay. Bay, I say Tampa Bay because he's from Florida. That means he's close to home. That's good for him. That can be good for a lot of him. And then when you go to that also, Bruce Arians is an experienced head coach and knows what he's doing, knows what he's talking about, and he knows how to control his players. So he doesn't get a lot of that outside. you got to remember, even Bill Belichick, when he had Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown was shutting up. He didn't say a thing. He didn't do a thing until the allegations came public, and then they were like, all right, we got to get rid of you. Bill Belichick handled Antonio Brown very well. I hate to say it, but even the Steelers, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers' uh, front office know how to deal with Antonio Brown. They can definitely use him because look at the year they had and him being on the other side of Juju is always going to be great. So I think the Steelers could take him back. I don't know if they will, but like could. I'm only giving possibilities. And then you have an or- the last organization I'm going to use is the strangest one, but the Seahawks. You well, yeah. have, you get sure. him you get him the furthest away from Miami if if Florida is the problem. You get him the furthest away. You got Pete Carroll. You got a you got a very experienced front office that deals with a range of personalities from um the Legion of Boom to Marshawn Lynch to Russell Wilson to uh various tight ends to Hell, Martellus Bennett. Like you, it, you have a front office that has dealt with so many personalities that that's a possibility too. So those are my only teams I think can one afford Antonio Brown, but two have the front office and coaching staff and culture that can take on an Antonio Brown and still be successful, whether they have him on a field right away or not. Okay. Other than if it's not any you, teams, I don't think it's on the field. You keep talking about on the field, but the NFL is very conscious of, like, the very conscious of, like Ben Roethlisberger situations. The very conscious of Greg Hardy situations, and it don't look good. And, True, and what, it doesn't. Parading his, that kid's mobs and parading those cops and stuff. And then what came out uh, with his ex-girlfriend and him saying the things he did over text message. I mean, this guy's dumb enough to even put text messages and say that stuff because he thinks she's just so above egotistically than everybody else. He yeah. is not – he's he's not going to be in the NFL. I think he'll get suspended. He'll, he'll get suspended no matter what. It's not suspension. Tight. Unless you're, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that you're not suspended unless convicted in the court of law. Like, NFL's not the court of law. I get that they're they the are. boss. No, but they're not, though. Like, what happened with Ezekiel Elliott was bullshit. But, okay. It was. I'm going to say this. they are because remember no, that research I told you I was doing? 
you know what happened to Ezekiel Elliott was bullshit. Well, and he yeah. got five games. I'm not going to go by what the NFL does. I mean, if this guy's a predator, if, he, if he's a sexual rash, he's going to do it again. Well, and right now, he's winning his court case. So that's my thing. So one, right now, he's winning his court case with the NFL. Two, the NFL is always going to be that overseer because of my research and how they clearly take things out of the government's hands and handle it on their own. Because it, right. So that NFL will be the judge, the jury, and they will hand out the verdict. What? What? Would Would you want this guy on your team? Depends. Again, like it depends on what my team runs and how what type of a ship they run and how they. How they do things. Ten of a ship, I hate that fucking I hate that fucking analogy. So we're gonna cross it out. But how, how they run things and how they run their culture, I I love for certain teams. And the teams I named are the teams I think can take on a personality like that and they can use a receiver and they can make him better and they can keep him focused only on football. Those are the only teams I named that I think can actually handle it. I want to say the Patriots again, but at the same time, the Patriots already just fucking got rid of them, so I'm not going to use the Patriots again. I'm only going off of I know these teams can handle this guy, and he hasn't been on them before, besides the Steelers. Now, with that being said... No, would you, no let me ask you this. Okay. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger... Uh, Mike Tomlin, they all look bad, right? For getting rid of Antonio Brown, do you do you look at him any differently now that he's done what he's done? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, and no. I never looked at them bad for getting rid of Antonio Brown. I got, I got, I saw it as a business decision where a guy wanted out, so you let him out because you knew you could still possibly succeed without him. So I never lost. I never looked at it bad. I looked at it more bad about the Le'Veon Bell thing than I looked about it bad at the Antonio Brown thing. I thought getting rid of Antonio Brown when you still have Juju is a smart business move if you don't want to play a pay play a pay a player. The Le'Veon Bell thing, I personally think in that offense, Le'Veon Bell was irreplaceable, and it showed this year. So like I'm, I, I will, I will throw a fit about Le'Veon Bell more than I would Antonio Brown. In my opinion, okay. Would you, would you hold him accountable? Do you, for that? Do you, well, do, do you think what he did, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, when he dropped the ball? Do you think that is a teammate that you want? Ooh, uh, yes and no. Come on, man. Um, well, my thing is this: so we we are hundred percent, and you're in the same environment as me. We are both in the in the hundred percent holding people accountable. For sure, yes. So you hold Juju accountable. Now, do you do it in a public presence? I say no. But again, certain organizations can control that, you know? Right. But at the same time, yeah, you hold him Who accountable. Who the Patriots? That's about it, right? No, I mean I let's think about it. let's literally go back. There's again, there's teams that have really good front offices and they handle that stuff well. The Ravens being one of them. Um normally the Steelers keep that shit to a silence T, but they didn't this time. But like normally there's there's a few organizations that really keep that stuff tight knit. And 
I want my receiver to hold somebody accountable. That's fine. I'm 100% with that, especially like it's like, hey, this guy's been working out with me all year. I know he's better than this. I know he should have caught that ball, blah, blah, blah. Hold him accountable. Don't hold him accountable in public because that looks bad for the team. And then also at the same time, don't do it in public because it hurts his perception and then you have people rain down on him and that kills his confidence. Unless you're willing to build that confidence back up, don't do it. That's my that's my thing with the him and Juju thing, 100%. Because we both agree holding guys accountable is our thing. For sure, but you don't ever call out teammates like that. Exactly, and so that's my thing. If, if you want to hold him accountable in the offseason, what'd you say? I said I felt there was jealousy there because Juju had a big year that year and he was getting more balls thrown to him. I just, yeah. Yeah, well, guys are going to double Antonio, so, like, it leaves Juju with the one-on-one. So, like, it's it's supposed to happen. If if anything, Antonio Brown should take it as a compliment, but I also do get where he feels a little jaded because when when the game's on the line, you feel like your number one should get the ball i.e. Randy Moss has felt that way, i.e. Um, Terrell Owens have felt that way. So I get that part. But, it, again, slamming him in public is not what you do. If you want to slam him in private and let him know, hey, I know you can catch the ball. I know you can do better. Or, hey, maybe it should have gone to me. If you want to do that in private, go for it. If you want to do that in public, sure. fuck off. And again, only certain organizations, in my opinion, can handle him doing that in public. Good. And that's my difference there. If he was, I will tell you this, and I'll end with this, because I don't even want to talk about the guy. I think the guy's a scumbag. <laughs> I think if he was in his mid-20s, I think I'd be like, yeah, heck yeah, man. Teams, there's what, 30 teams? Somebody's going to give him a shot, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Because he's always going to run a sub 4 4 40. So he's going to run past people. He's always yeah. going to have that dog attitude. And he's still going to have the dog attitude because I think he's just got that egotistical thing. But now that he's 31, it's just a bad time to do it, man. It really is. I agree. Very bad. Time. So I don't think it's going to be a thing for him. I don't see him in the NFL again. I think that he's crying out for help. I mean, I hate to sound like I hate to sound like the mainstream media, but it's true. The guy's crying out for help. Nobody films that stuff. Talking to your kids and police officers and the mother of kids like that without crying out for help. Nobody does that. Yeah. I mean, it's narcissistic to the extreme. And yeah. Okay, all right, how about this? Last thing. We're going to last thing on Antonio Brown. Last wrap-up for the the Florida to Iowa show. A lot of things I've heard about Antonio Brown's um, behavior, and it results to CTE. You tell me your takes on it, and I'll tell you my takes on it. Have 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 you watched the Aaron Hernandez thing? Yes, I did. The document. Okay, did it, did that piss you off at all? It did. Okay, tell uh, me why it pissed me off. 
It pissed me off because we know who the guy was. And then they also tried to give us a bullshit story on why he did things. And then they tried to cover it up saying, oh, he had the worst CTA ever. That pisses me off. I mean, did you see the Tim Tebow thing about like him hanging himself with John 314 and then they cut it to Tim Tebow with John 314 underneath his eye, yeah. eye patches? Like, what, what the hell was that? Yeah. I hated that. Like, are you, are you blaming Tim Tebow because he's supposed to be the – I mean, it's like they almost put him as the savior and he didn't save him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the whole, I thought it was a very good documentary – I thought it brought light into the guy's life as far as his mom was messed up, starts dating his cousin, or starts, I don't know if they married or started dating his cousin's husband. Yeah. Um, him being gay as far as with the with the um, the quarterback of his high school team, him just going out and shooting people in, like, broad daylight. And I know I'm getting off subject, but, I, like, I – I felt like he wanted to get caught and I felt like he wanted to be in there. He did. He a hundred percent wanted to be a part of that life. And that's why he did things that involved that life. Right. Um, but the most interesting thing was, is that the life insurance thing, like he did the right thing for his family. There's no doubt he killed himself because of that, which oh, is changed. Yeah. We, we see it a hundred percent as he killed himself so he can set his daughter up. Right. I think we all knew that was coming. How did the court system know that was coming before he even did it? it I mean, me. well, because me and my buddies figured yeah, out good. that was a law before he even killed himself. He had good lawyers. Damn good lawyers. But I want to know your reasoning for bringing that up, I guess. Well... What were we talking about? I, I would Antonio, say Antonio Brown and the CTE. I would say that CTE is a very easy. I mean, I've had three concussions that I've known about, no pun intended, but it's a very easy thing to make it as an excuse, make the person as a victim, but they're really not the victim because they took somebody else's life or they made somebody else's life a living hell, which I'm sure Antonio Brown is doing for his mother's kids or his kids or the woman that exposes text messages. I'm sure that's a thing. Being a narcissistic, I'm almost, I mean, it's verbatim. So I don't, I think it's, I, I think Aaron Hernandez was killing people before that even happened, dude. Which kind of shows he was. He was involved in that life. And I think Antonio Brown knows no other way to treat like women like that or treat his kids like that because it's probably how he was treated. So it just doesn't matter how much money you make or how much um, fame you have. You're always going to go back to what your core was. And I think he's going back to what his core was. He's just more talented than what his core was. And I'll end on that. Like, I just, I don't, don't think he'll change because he hasn't gotten any help. 
just like Aaron Hans didn't get any help, didn't get any. Nobody really talked to him. They just wanted. They just believed in his talent, and eventually it burns him. Okay, I'm glad we we kind of agree because uh, me personally, um, fuck the CTE excuses. Um, as a person who, even when we talk, I I sort of kind of defend Antonio Brown when we talk. Um, I, I hate the the CTE thing being an excuse. I don't think it should be an excuse, and I hate that it's trying to be an excuse, especially as, like, so linemen are more prone to CTE than anybody. He's been with more linemen. There's linemen that have outgrown his career, and they've been fine, and he hasn't taken as hard of hits than everybody else. Like, right. like even to that extent, you know, like, and I know it differs by body and by. Person. Well, no, they keep, they keep bringing up Vontez Burkett here, like. That happens to everybody. Yeah. That's eventually going to happen to anybody that goes across the middle. It should. That's that's the that's how the game works. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I hate the CTE being an excuse, and I will not take it for an excuse, and I refuse for it to be an excuse. So with that being said, I'm glad we agree on that's not what we're taking for an answer. My man's is just being like again, and I'm saying my man's. My man's just being wild, in my opinion. He's just being wild. He's being outlandish. And he's looking he, for attention. He just yeah, and I agree. And he just needs something to bring him back to center. That's it. That's all. But I don't. I hate the excuse of oh he needs to be doing all these other things or oh it might be CT you should get checked out. It's like no 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 no. What my man's needs to do is just get back to center and back to what he knows, which is playing ball. And making money. At, like, if he wants to wild out after he's done with his career, he'll wild out. But right now, he knows he's in the prime of his career. Simmer down. Get yourself a job. Work hard. That ain't going to happen, dude. And I know I, it might not happen, but I, even then, that's what I'm sticking to. That's where I'm ending it at. That is my final point on Antonio Brown right there. All right, cool, man. Um, Good talking to you. Sam, we'll do it again next week. Next week, we're back at it. Have a good uh, sounds good, man. Yeah, enjoy the weather. Oh, I will. I bet you will. Thanks. <laughs>